Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here with Achilles Rain to do our draft recap and give out our draft grades and then do a little bit of an early look ahead on the win totals on the season before we uh, sign off, before we get into our Preseason outlook's probably coming out in uh, July or August, but uh, the draft is in the books. Are you ready to uh, dole out team grades on uh, draft picks that we won't know will be good uh, in four or five years? Well, listen, I took down some notes uh, based off what I thought teams did, and I figured that I would give my grade on the fly based off my own notes. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, uh, let's start things out with uh, one of the more interesting ones and uh, probably one of the more interesting teams that you and I seem to always discuss. Uh, let's start out in alphabetical order with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, they traded their first round draft pick uh, for Hollywood Brown. I, I think a lot of people were confused uh, just a little bit uh, uh, by that. Uh, but then two days later, it, it sort of comes out that DeAndre Hopkins had uh, fell a PED test and uh, he, he suspended for the first six games of the season. So I guess it made a little bit uh, uh, of sense. I, I don't know. A ton of sense overall, uh, considering A.J. Brown got a first-round pick. Uh, I, I don't know that Hollywood Brown uh, necessarily uh, is in quite the same category, but uh, they took the tight end. One of the tight ends I liked in uh, Trey McBride with their second-round pick. Um, Cameron Thomas, a, a defensive end out of San Diego State with their third-round pick, I, I thought was, I, I'd say, solid at least probably has a good chance to be a rotational uh, sort of situational uh, pass rusher and then just sort of stockpiled a handful of uh, offensive linemen uh, there towards the end of the draft. What did you make of Arizona's overall draft uh, considering probably their first round pick is technically, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown from the Baltimore Ravens? Listen, to me, the cards are basically trying to mend things with their star quarterback, you know, by giving him a new security blanket, so to speak. Uh, you know, they also decided to uh, to address the pass rush question a little bit uh, with Thomas uh, and, and Sanders. You know, uh, the I think the trade for Brown was uh, more of an attempt, like you said, to not lose as much production from the wide receiver position uh, as Hopkins serves his suspension. Uh, at first, you know, I wasn't aware of the suspension, but I heard about the trade and it kind of let me scratch my head a little bit, but uh, now it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, you know, they must've seen this coming beforehand. So, uh, you know, overall, I, I would say that they had a pretty solid draft. I, I do kind of like the way they approach things, but I, I thought there were also some other needs that they could have filled. Unfortunately, uh, certain circumstances showed up where they had to address other situations. And uh, because of that, I, I had to hover them around uh, a B minus. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a fair grade. Uh, if Trey McDride turns into um, a solid sort of tight end, he, he's not going to be one of those, you know, Travis Kelsey types who can, uh, you know, become an ultra weapon wide receiver, but he could be sort of a, a nice solid blocker pass catcher. I, I really sort of like Trey McBride out of Colorado State. So uh, my only problem is that I just, you had so many receivers in this draft. 
Why give up your first-round receiver for a receiver? I don't know. With Hollywood Brown, what number do you think he comes in when you start listing off the best receivers in the league? I mean, it, it probably starts getting in the 20s, maybe the 30s, before his name really pops up. So was it really necessary to drive out that third round pick that first round pick to Baltimore uh for a receiver who's a solid sort of deep pass catcher but uh, I don't think either of us would put him in that uh sort of top tier category so I think B minus C plus would be where my grade lands Listen, as confused as I was over that trade you know I, I thought that he didn't warrant what they gave up for him but I think the way they looked at it is we're getting a receiver that's at least established in the league. You know, they know what he can do. They know what he brings to the table. And he's got a little bit of a rapport with the quarterback, you know, from back in their days. So maybe that's what, uh, you know, added a little extra value to this particular trade. But, you know, I I'm right there with you. I think that, you know, they very easily could have found uh, adequate talent uh, with the pick they gave away. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say is you, you at least get one extra year, theoretically, before you have to pay him. Uh, but once again, at some point, you are going to have to pay him. Uh, you know, he's got a $13 million, uh cap figure in 2023, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. So uh, basically, you got one year of cheap, one year at uh, sort of middling, and then you got to make a decision. Now, it's not the decision, you know, sort of that the Eagles had to make with A.J. Brown, but at least I know I'm getting an elite level receiver with AJ Brown. Now I'm paying him, you know, $25 million, but I don't understand if you're giving up your first round pick, why you don't go after uh, somebody around AJ Brown's caliber. If you're going to end up probably either cutting this guy or having the, you know, overpay to keep him. Or I think the bigger question is why didn't you pay Christian Kirk? Uh, I mean, Seriously, I don't know if there's that much of a difference between Christian Kirk and Marquise Brown. If if you wanted a speed deep threat, just pay Christian Kirk. But they decided to let him go, then trade their first round pick to pretty much get his exact clone, which just seems confusing to me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I didn't quite understand it. Again, I go back to the fact that maybe this rapport between him and the quarterback, uh, they're looking at again, to not lose too much production out of the wide receiver position. All right, so we're on the Cardinals. Uh, I've been uh, down on them uh, pretty much all this offseason and most of the last half of last season. Uh, the only thing I, I can say is uh, I'm sad now because uh, the win total number dropped <laughs> because of the DeAndre Hopkins news. I probably should have last week when we were doing our uh, draft uh pre-show, uh, taking that Arizona win total line before the DeAndre Hopkins uh, news came out. But uh, what do you think the Arizona Cardinals win total will be uh, coming in to the upcoming NFL season? You know, I, I had a tough time. And, and again, I, I thought it was a little high, even, you know, with the way they finished last season uh, when I was first looking at it. And obviously the, the Hopkins news broke. And those six games are going to be quite uh, pivotal. Uh, is there any way that he's going to be uh, able to, uh, you know, try to get this lower down to a, to a lower number? I I don't think so, uh, unless it's you know a, a freak sort of 
testing thing, but if you're, it's one of those things, if your A sample tests positive, uh, your B sample is probably going to test positive too, since it's from the same sample. So I, I think it's probably just a, a six game suspension and he'll sort of, uh, you know, take it and, uh, you know, uh, come back game seven. We'll see if the uh, Cardinals can sort of survive up until then. Uh, they didn't do a great job of surviving without them towards the end of the year. So uh, what's your number on the Arizona Cardinals to uh, go into next season? I'm going to try and take into account uh, the fact that the NFC seems to drop off a little bit uh, talent-wise, at least uh, compared to the AFC. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they're going to win nine games this year. Uh, and I'm, that's what I'm going to leave it at. Nine and a half is my personal uh, over-under on that. That's interesting because the number sits at eight right now. It was at your nine and a half before the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. So you're, you're sort of right on track. Uh, eight's probably a little bit... Uh, too low for me to take that under. If it was sitting at that nine and a half number, I, I would have been all over that. All right, let's move on to uh, the next team who uh, I thought they had a pretty good draft. Now, uh, you know, they took some shots here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Drake London from USC was their first round pick. Uh, a really big, fast receiver. At number eight, I, I thought it was a little bit of a reach, but uh, at that, uh, the offensive linemen had sort of all been taken the defensive ends had sort of all been taken the corners had sort of all been taken so it was your choice to sort of reach uh for you know one of those defensive linemen or offensive linemen that were sort of in the middle tier or have your pick of what receiver you think is the best receiver in this draft and go after him they thought it was drake london uh he certainly looks uh the part of a receiver and you mix you know his 6'4", 220-pound frame with Kyle Pitts, uh, at least you're starting to really, really uh, rebuild uh, that, uh, you know, sort of receiving room there. Uh, the Ikabigte, uh Penn State defensive end, uh, could be hit or miss. Uh, he could be one of these guys who could be a, a really, really good pass rusher, get uh, a handful of sacks, lots of pressures, or, you know, we probably never hear from him again, and he jumps, you know, teams every uh, sort of two years. I, I really, really like the Troy Anderson pick, uh, the inside linebacker out of Montana State. Uh, this guy's sort of a Swiss Army nice. I know they'll probably use him on the uh, sort of defensive side of things, but if you watched him at Montana State, he lined up at quarterback, he lined up at receiver, he lined up at, you know, running back. You could sort of uh, use him as a Taysom Hill uh, type guy and then flip him over and try to play him uh, at that linebacker situation uh, as a, you know, sort of situational pass rusher. Great against the run. Really like that pick. And then the patience to wait on quarterback, I, I sort of want to say every team I, I thought was really, really good at not just grabbing a quarterback. They waited till sort of the value was what they were. Grabbing Desmond Ritter in the third round, you get to sort of sample, see if he's uh, worth a shot, maybe progress in your future if Mariota doesn't work out. Uh, so I really like the Atlanta Falcons draft. What did you make of the Atlanta Falcons draft here? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, Atlanta, to me, they knew what they needed. Uh, they needed a legit weapon uh, to take some of the pressure off of their young tight end, Kyle Pitts. Uh, and with potential starting quarterback, Mariota, they felt that uh, the best, you know, option they had, at least probably on top of their board, was Drake London, as you mentioned. And, you know, as you mentioned, he comes out with, you know, all the fundamentals you need in a wide receiver. You know, he's got the big body. He's got the big jumping ability. Uh, the question is, can, can he properly translate his game uh, to be a legit number one wide receiver, which is what they're drafting? for um but you know listen if, if they do this makes uh, uh pitts his job a little bit easier it basically transitions him from being the main target um to more of a security blanket uh for mariota and if it all works out you know i think that they could possibly come out and at least be somewhat competitive uh you know i know they have a completely new roster uh when you look at it compared to what we saw last season but uh, i still think that they can at least compete uh as i mentioned the nfc seems to have gotten a little bit weaker talent wise yeah uh, i think so i I think really good draft i I gave him an a on uh my grade overall uh you know it'll be interesting in uh two years from now what the Calvin Ridley situation is I you know I don't know what that's going to be but if you can bring him back into the fold you have Ridley you have London you have Pitts uh you're looking once again at a really nice sort of uh receiver uh trio there but uh that one's uh sort of up in the air probably not uh the right time to start looking ahead two years from now after a guy suspended for the year and then sort of uh you know had to take a, a personal leave uh sort of thing into last year so that one's a little up in the air but uh overall i, I gave the uh falcons an a grade for me thought it was a really really uh sort of good draft there uh the i, I also want to mention in the fifth round uh, uh, the BYU uh, running back, uh, Tyler Algier, I, I really, really liked him at college. I, I think he has a chance to be able to stay uh, sort of in this league and, and be a productive sort of a, a bowling ball type of back at uh, sort of six foot, 225 uh, uh, pounds. Uh, really, really good uh, f- a sort of power back for uh, with some a little bit of speed for somebody his size. So I, I, I'm curious to see if he can manage to hang on to a roster spot there. So wanted to highlight that. But an A grade for me for the Atlanta. What did you give Atlanta on the uh, grade side of things? I actually gave them an A minus. All right. Uh, so let's switch over to the win totals here for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. What did you think uh, the Atlanta Falcons uh, win total was going to be here? Uh, you know, I, I think that just based off the hype, based off, you know, uh, the the new quarterback, the the new system they're trying to put in place, I, I think that people might be trying to lowball them a little bit. Uh, but again, uh, you know, to me, the, again, the NFC, it seems to have gotten a little bit easier. Uh, not that it's completely easy for everybody, but it seems to have gotten a little bit easier talent-wise. So uh, I'm going to say that they win six games this year. Yeah, this number jumped uh, up a little bit. It's at seven and a half for the Atlanta Falcons. I think they're sort of looking at that division. Carolina, uh, New Orleans probably can grab a little bit of wins. Uh, honestly, if I had to pick a, a sort of a second tier contender uh, out of that division, uh, you know, outside of the Tampa Bay bubble, it, it probably would be Atlanta. I wouldn't be stunned if they could grab, you know, nine wins, but that's sort of a dependent on Mariota health you know as well and and whether he can competently play quarterback all right let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens uh 
Ended up with two first-round picks here uh, by trading uh, Hollywood Brown, which uh, I thought actually was a pretty smart uh, trade here. I, I think you sort of foresaw you didn't want to pay him uh, what that receiver market is. Uh, I I'm sure he was probably trying to demand first-round uh, or first receiver money. I don't think he's worth that, so get rid of him. Loved the uh, sort of pick they used for him in uh, Litterbaum, the uh, Iowa center here. Really like that. Kyle Hamilton, safety. I, I think they hit both of our sort of uh, needs uh, over our draft show, getting some secondary help, getting some offensive line help. Uh, you know, they got a Jobo, the outside linebacker from Michigan, who, you know, some thought at some points might creep into that first round. Uh, overall, I, I just, you know, I'm always impressed with how this Baltimore structure runs. I, I thought they replenished really, really nicely here. Uh, and, yeah, they're going to probably need a little help at receiver. But, honestly, Hollywood Brown wasn't making your team all that much better or worse. Either way, to sort of replenish that offensive line, I, I thought was a big deal. What did you make of the Baltimore Ravens draft here? Listen, when I, when I was watching this draft happen, I was kind of like, that's such a Raven thing to do. You know, when I... After they got the whole Brown trade and everything, I assume these teams are going to try and load up uh, offensively, at least if they saw this this trade coming. And if anything, they went with a more defensive approach in this draft, which is something that we like to see, uh, you know, from the Baltimore Ravens. They're known for their defense throughout the, you know, the years when they've been competitive and uh, uh, really good in this league. And it seems that they're trying to go back to those roots now, um, basically focusing the entire draft on the defense. Now, my question is, with Brown gone there, uh, what's going to be the uh, the outcome offensively? Who are they going to get their production from? Uh, I know that they have Lamar Jackson. He's probably going to be healthy coming into the year, which will be good for them. But I thought they needed to add some weapons. Uh, and, and even though they tried to add a little bit of depth, I don't think they did enough personally. Uh, but listen, this team, if this defense can play up to its uh, potential, uh, is going to be pretty special regardless. Yeah, the one thing that tells me is that they've sort of seen Rashad Bateman, uh, their first-round pick from last year out of Minnesota, and they think he could easily uh, step in there and be a number one uh, type guy. And maybe, uh, you know, they've seen J.K. Dobbins as well, who's a very good pass catcher out the backfield, and they think those two uh, can uh, sort of easily cover up the production for uh, Hollywood Brown there. We'll see how that goes, uh, but I thought, Pretty smart decision. If you know you aren't going to pay Hollywood Brown, uh, why not uh, sort of replenish along that offensive line, get that extra pick? Uh, I think they got the two guys they wanted in that first round. Thought they did some good stuff to add depth there. Uh, the Alabama corner, uh, Armour Davis as well in the uh, fourth round. I think he has a chance to uh, at least be a, a nice sort of nickel-dime package uh, corner. So uh, overall, thought they had a really good uh, draft here. Uh, I gave them an A as well. Where are you going with the Baltimore Ravens? I actually gave the Ravens a B plus. All right. B plus on the Baltimore Ravens. All right. So this is an interesting win total. Lamar Jackson healthy. The defense probably back healthy. Uh, sort of some upgrades along the line. Maybe a little thinner at the uh, sort of wide receiver positions. But where are you uh, looking at your uh, number for the uh, Baltimore Ravens? 
Listen, I still like what they did. I know that they didn't, you know, really get aggressive as, in terms of, you know, trying to get some more weapons out for the offense. But if they truly believe that their offense can do enough to help them win games and it's really going to be, uh, you know, predicated on winning football throughout uh, through defense, then I think that this seems going to be pretty good. You know, we've seen them be good regardless. So uh, I'm going to go on a, out on a limb here and say that they get at least 10 wins this season. Yeah, this one's an interesting number. It's at 11, 11 wins. So uh, that sort of tells me they, A, think Pittsburgh is probably going to be a little bit down as they start their rebuild. And uh, it, it really sort of tells me that uh, they don't have a ton of faith uh, in Cincinnati uh, sort of uh, coming back uh, on things here. So uh, that's really, really uh, interesting there on those sort of uh, numbers. All right, uh, let's move on to our next team here. Uh, let's move to the Buffalo Bills. All right. I thought they had a really good draft hit. Uh, really nice that uh, Elam, the corner out of Florida, fell to them at that 23 pick. Uh, got James Cook, a running back out of Georgia. Uh, not my favorite running back, but, uh, you know, I, I think you just sort of take running back, see which one hits. I thought that was a decent second-round pick. And really, uh, Khalil Shaklor out of Boise State, the wide receiver, I thought that was a really, really, uh, really good pick. I thought he had about a third uh, late second-round wide receiver grade, but because this receiver class was so deep, he sort of fell. I, I thought that's a nice uh, guy who could maybe uh, replace Cole Beasley. Definitely has uh, some explosive play uh, potential. Maybe can run some gadget stuff uh, sort of out of the backfield as well. So I, for what the Buffalo Bills had and as late as they're drafting, I thought they did really, really well here. Yeah, listen, you know, I thought that because they were picking so late that they would either try to target pretty early on some edge rusher or a wide receiver. Uh, but, you know, instead they fill the hole in their secondary by drafting, uh, you know, Elam, uh, the cornerback. And uh, I do like that uh, they target a running back. You know, I, I, we talked about it over the last couple of seasons that they weren't getting enough production out of the running back position and maybe bringing in an extra guy to, uh, you know, compete and, you know, maybe even take some snaps here. Uh, we'll take some of the pressure off the other guys and they could start producing a little bit more because if they can, this seems going to get really dangerous. Uh, but listen, I, I like their draft. I thought they had a really good draft. I thought they filled needs, even though they were pretty picky, uh, pretty late. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I ended up giving them a B plus, uh, so uh, the only thing I didn't love the cook pick, uh, but a couple of the other running backs I'd like had already been uh, sort of grabbed there. So uh, they didn't have a, a ton of choice on that one. Uh, but uh, overall, I gave them a B plus. What did you give Buffalo? I gave them a solid B. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, probably the overall uh, favorites uh, entering in on the year. So what do you have the Buffalo Bills uh, win total uh, sitting at this year? I have the Buffalo Bills winning at least 11 games this season. Yeah. Even as competitive as AFC has gotten, I feel like they improved, they filled holes, they filled needs, uh, and they've gotten a little bit better from last season. So I've got them winning at least 11. Yeah, uh, that number sits at 11 and a half entering into the uh, sort of off season here. So, uh, I, you know, I, I easily see them winning 12, 13 games Uh they really, uh, the next couple years is their window to try to really uh, make a push and a Super Bowl run here, even as deep as this AFC uh, is. All right, uh, let's move on 
to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I must admit, uh, bravo the, to them for not uh, caving in and uh, taking a quarterback in that first round. Uh, a lot of those uh, offensive tackles ended up falling into that uh, sort of mid-top 10. Uh, they got uh, Ikwanwu, the NC State offensive tackle, uh, beast of a, a, a sort of run tackle uh, guy. Uh, really, really like this. Solidify the offensive line. Uh, they got Matt Corral with that third round pick to, you know, take a sort of shot to see what they got uh, on the QB front. Uh, you know, for the picks that they had, I thought they did all right. Uh, what did you make of the uh, Carolina draft here? Yeah, listen, uh, you know, with the Carolina Panthers, you know, they started off by addressing, as you mentioned, the offensive lineman out of uh, North Carolina State. And uh, listen, he's a solid guy. I thought he was one of the top prospects at offensive linemen, at least, for, you know, in my book. Um, so I think they addressed that big hole there. So that helps them already. And then, as you mentioned, they bring in the quarterback out of Ole Miss, uh, now you've got a guy that can compete, maybe light a fire uh, under your current quarterbacks behind because, um, you know, they they gave up a lot for him and, and they truly believe that he's the guy. But if he's not the guy, at least now they have somebody that can come in and compete. Um, I really do like what they do. The Sam Darnold experiment's obviously uh, going to be decided at the end of this upcoming season. But even if it doesn't work out, they have a guy that can even sit back, learn from Sam Darnold, uh, you know, at least get NFL ready before he, they throw him out to the wolves. But and if Sam Darnold happens to work out, good for you because now you got another guy uh, on the cheap side here for a couple of years. So I, I thought overall they had a really good draft. I like what they did. Yeah, uh, I, I gave them a solid B, uh, you know, uh, just because there's not a lot of depth there. Uh, we'll see what Matt Corral becomes. You know, this grade could change if he becomes, a, you know, a, a solid starting NFL quarterback. But uh, it's certainly probably not going to be this year, especially since uh, there were – the reason he quote unquote dropped was uh, maybe some issues with like uh, alcohol and uh, a, a bad lifestyle. We'll see how that works out, but with the third round pick, not much danger there. So I gave him a solid B uh, for Carolina. Uh, I, I, you know, just overall not caving in and, and taking that quarterback and reaching, uh, you know, with that first round pick, solidify that line. Uh, yeah, uh, the coach is probably going to lose his job, but uh, at least they're built for the future and not, you know, uh, reaching for a quarterback again next year, not filling out roster spots. What was your grade for Carolina? Uh, I'm giving Carolina a C plus. All right, Carolina a C plus. All right, so. Uh, where are we going on the win totals here for the Carolina Panthers? Uh, this one probably more on your uh, lower side of the spectrum, unless uh, a miracle quarterback comes flying in. I don't know if Jimmy G's uh, that miracle quarterback or not, but uh, what do you got for Carolina here? You know, still not fully sold on the Sam Darnold experiment. And even with the Corral pick, uh, still not a guy who I think is quite NFL ready, uh, you know, week one. So uh, I'm just going to assume that Darnold starts here. Uh, we don't know what the situation with Caffrey is going to be. Um, obviously, when he's there, it takes some of the pressure off, you know, uh, some of those uh, wide receivers, which intense makes him play better. But we don't know what's going to happen here. So I'm going to go on a, little, a lower side here and put my over under at five and a half. Yeah, it's right there at six and a half. So uh, I just, uh, I, even that I think is probably a little bit of a stretch unless uh, you can guarantee me a, a sort of 
full season of Christian McCaffrey health. Uh, that would uh, be the one thing that would sort of make me upgrade it because uh, then you can sort of cover up the uh, warts of whatever uh, quarterback is going to be behind center. And uh, uh, I, I should say health and the productivity uh, that he had in the uh, first part of his career. Uh, just because he's healthy, if he's no longer any good, uh, that's not that much of a work. So health and the same productivity that you got from a, a, a peak Christian McCaffrey. All right, let's move to the Chicago Bears. Didn't They had a lot of draft picks, uh, not a ton of uh, sort of high-level two uh, second-round picks after they traded out of the uh, first round here, but... Uh, Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of uh, Washington. I've I, I watched a lot of this Washington football team over the years uh, with uh, Peterson as their coach. He was not my favorite corner. He, he was... He's a solid corner, but uh, I, I don't think he's a lockdown one, which, you know, explains why he went into the uh, sort of second round here. I, he's definitely not on that uh, sort of level. Honestly, I did not like the uh, Chicago Bears draft here. I, I thought the brisker Penn State safety was a little bit of a reach at 16. Uh, Jones Jr., the wide receiver out of Tennessee in the third round. It'll be interesting to see if he could uh, sort of stay on here, but uh, he, he's certainly not going to be a number one. He, he's, you know, uh, I, I think at best, maybe, maybe if everything breaks right, could be a sort of high-end level number three receiver. And uh, I, I like Braxton Jones, uh, you know, out of Southern Utah. I think he could develop as an offensive lineman into someone who could solidify. Uh, but the Chicago Bears team came into last season uh, basically with no offensive line. They did not address that. And then basically they wait till the fifth round to take an offensive lineman here. Uh, it just seems like there's no plan to develop the said quarterback they wasted a, a first round pick with last year. So I just basically I didn't understand this draft. Yeah, listen, I'm right there with you, you know, because the message that's coming across here is that Justin Fields is our guy. You know, that's the message they're putting out there, uh, at least for this year, because as you mentioned, they did not address, uh, you know, plugging up some of those uh, holes at the offensive line. Uh, but, you know, they instead opted for fixing their secondary uh, with uh, Gordon and uh, Brisker. But, you know, I, I felt like the defense wasn't the biggest issue last year. The defense, I, I thought, overachieved a little bit, especially when you're talking about that front seven with Robert Quinn and those, those other guys. Now, they don't have Mac there anymore, so they did have to at least try and, and uh, add something to defense. I get that. But uh, to not focus on the offensive line as your primary focus, I thought was a big issue here. So uh, I actually gave them a, a C minus for, for their draft. Yeah, I, I gave them a C and you mentioned it. They, they replenished their secondary, but they lost three or four guys along the defensive line, which they did not replenish as well. So basically they lost uh, their best receiver in Allen Robinson. Didn't really replenish that. Uh, they have not replenished their offensive line in two years, uh, so there's nothing really there, uh, you know, and they did not replenish along the defensive line where they lost guys. I it just, 
I don't understand the direction that this team is going. Uh, you know, new coach in there now. We'll see where they go. But uh, they, they aren't making it easy to develop Justin Fields here. Uh, you know, this has to be the worst, one of the worst, you know, wide receiver rooms in the NFL. It's easily the worst offensive line in the NFL. You know, David Montgomery, solid running back, but uh, I, I don't think you can base your team that David Montgomery is going to take you two wins in the promised land here. So uh, just a C for me overall for the uh, Chicago Bears. Uh, all right, let's uh, get to the win totals here for the Bears. Uh, another one I think probably will be on the low side. Where are you going with the Chicago Bears? You know, again, not a huge fan of the way they drafted their team. They had so many needs that they could have addressed, which I think would have bumped this number up for me a little bit. But I've got them in the five and a half range. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they went under on that. Yeah, uh, this number sits at six and a half right now. Uh, there might be, uh, we have a, a fun party we're going to. There might be some future wagers uh, placed <laughs> and holding on to that ticket for an under uh, right there at six and a half because as this Bears team is assembled right now, if they get to seven wins, I would be thoroughly, thoroughly stunned here uh, with the uh, roster they have. Now, you know, it's still early, uh, but uh, it's not a roster I think can win seven games overall. All right, let's move to our next team here in the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of late picks here. Uh, Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan. Cam Taylor Britt, safety out of Nebraska. Interesting sort of decisions there. I, I guess you go, uh, you got two, maybe one hits. Uh, once again, did not really uh, address any offensive line issues. Uh, they took uh, Cordell Volston out of North Dakota State uh, in the fourth round there, but uh, just weird. Uh, they drafted three safeties. Uh, granted, uh, some of them can be hybrid guys who can sort of play nickel and slot, but uh, they needed secondary help, but uh, just sort of weird uh, for me with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, draft overall. Yeah, listen, you know, I think the Bengals feel that the uh, the additions of Collins and Kappa were enough of an upgrade on that offensive line so that they didn't necessarily have to focus on it. They just got, they, I believe they drafted one offensive lineman in the draft. So instead they added a little bit of depth to the secondary, not anybody necessarily that you feel would make a huge impact right away. But listen, to add a little bit of depth is always a good thing here and there. And then they also addressed a little bit of depth at the pass rush, uh, which was a little bit of an issue for them last year, uh, especially later on in the playoff games, although they were able to make up for it with a great offense. Yeah, uh, you know, the Jackson Hill will be interesting because he's one of those sort of uh, hybrid guys. We'll see if, you know, Cincinnati uh, can use him because uh, it, it's been sort of hit or miss with those guys. You, you know, you saw Jamal Adams with the Jets be uh, really, really awesome. Then he gets traded Seattle, and they don't seem to know how to use his weird sort of hybridness in their favor. So uh, I, I'm interested to see how that goes uh, overall. But uh, it, it was just sort of a, a blah draft. Now, they didn't have a ton. Uh, you know, 31, 60, 95, 136, 166, 252. It wasn't like they could add, you know, real game changers. But we'll see how this goes. I, I gave them a B- minus overall because I, I think the Daxton Hill pick is interesting. Uh, the Volson out of North Dakota State 
I, I really, really like him. They play a pro-style offense, so he might be able to walk in there and uh, uh, maybe take up a, a tackle spot. We'll see how they do. So B-minus for me for the Cincinnati Bengals. I also gave them a B-minus. Uh, you know, now switching it over to the, uh, the win total, uh, you know, I know that there are a few people out there that are doubting this team that they can't do what they did this last season. But, listen, they weren't really – wowing people halfway through the season. It seems like they started figuring out what they were doing. Now they brought in some big additions to kind of plug up the holes on the offensive line. Um, and I think they're going to be pretty good this year also. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give them a 10 and a half uh, over under uh, for the season. Well, people are a little down on the Bengals. They don't think it'll repeat. It's at nine and a half, nine and a half. So you might be making a future ticket uh, wager on our little trip that we uh, have <laughs> planned for us. Holding on to that Bengals ticket over for the next six months might be pretty exciting uh, for you. Uh, though we both will probably lose the tickets and scramble for them. <laughs> that definitely sounds like something that would happen to us. All right, uh, let's move. Move on. Uh, this one will be a quick one. Cleveland didn't, you know, have a, a ton of uh, really draft capital here. Uh, a couple third round picks, uh, some fourth rounds, fifth rounds, uh, you know, some depth guys. Uh, uh, Emerson might be able to uh, fill in at, at times on the cornerback spot, I thought was pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati. Uh, I, I don't know if he can stick around. Uh, Michael Woods, uh, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma, is, you know, a, a nice speed threat. Uh, so it gives him a, another guy. I don't know if he hangs around. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just, I'm sort of a C on Cleveland because they didn't have much draft capital. Uh, nobody's a game changer really on here. Uh, the David Bell is interesting. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall, uh, he's been banged up. He, he's a little bit slow. He, he's definitely not in that same class as, as a lot of those guys taken. So it was a, a C for me with Cleveland, but uh, they just really didn't have a ton of draft capital either to go with. Yeah, listen, the Browns' first pick wasn't until the 68th overall pick, as you mentioned. So uh, they took Mississippi State uh, cornerback Martin Emerson. And the Browns organization looks at things like this. We got Deshaun Watson, and I think that's all they really care about. Do they? they got Amari <laughs> Cooper. Well, you know, at, at least that's what they're portraying. So that's that's what they're leading, trying to get everyone to believe. Uh, but listen, the question now is what happens to Baker? Uh, and, and is everything going to work out? Because you gave up a lot. Um, not just in terms of draft capital, but also in terms of uh, future money uh, to, to, you know, the guy who came in. Uh, so obviously they got to make a decision on Baker, what's going to happen with him. Um, you know, what, is he going to count towards your capital going forward or not? There's so many things that come into play here, but I, I still think they did okay. I know they didn't have a lot of picks, and this team was pretty solid to begin with. Uh, I felt like they just had a little string of bad luck last year uh, with their wide receivers pretty much all going down. Uh, but I think that they're going to be a, a game of solid C just based off what they had and what they were able to get. All right. Uh, they don't have a win total number for the Browns because, you know, uh, everything is basically up in the air. I just want you to give me a guesstimation on three different scenarios. The first one, Watson gets to play from the start, no suspension. Uh, we'll go the, you know, theoretical normal suspension of six games for the Browns. You give me that win total as well. And then 
I think there's a possibility he gets suspended for the season as well. Now, maybe that gets appealed down, but you give me the win total you think the Browns will get for those scenarios. No suspension, six games, full season. Uh, if you want to put Baker Mayfield in there or not, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I am assuming at some point he has to be removed from the roster because they're about 40 million over the cap and uh he's about 20 million of that so uh where are we going here on those three scenarios for the cleveland browns okay so first scenario and just remember i'm not the biggest fan of this whole deshaun watson trade but that's neither here nor there i'm gonna try and not be biased here uh no suspension i've got them at eight and a half yeah uh, you know, I feel that that's a pretty good number. We haven't seen Deshaun Watson for a couple of seasons. We haven't seen the nucleus of this team with a different quarterback, especially a different style quarterback. They play completely different styles, uh, Baker and Watson do. Uh, the next one with the six game suspension. Uh, and I'm assuming that they have Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback, uh, just, just for the heck of it. Um, I've got them at six and a half. And the reason I have them at less is because having obviously Watson there uh, with the intent of returning during the season would probably take a lot of the confidence out of a guy who we've pretty much seen uh, has a little bit of issues with confidence. Um, and the final one, uh, four-year suspension, I gave him seven and a half. And the reason why it's a little bit higher is because, again, with the imminent threat of uh, Deshaun Watson taking over the starting job no longer an issue, I feel that Baker, who I'm just assuming – uh, up for this scenario to be the quarterback would feel a little more confident that he can try and prove to his next team what he can bring to the table. Yeah, uh, we were spot on on the uh, no suspension. I, I think even with Watson eight and a halfs right there, I, I think with a six game suspension, it, it probably sits. You're right, maybe six and a half, five and a half. I, I'm ruling Baker out. I, I don't think even in a sort of get right play for us scenario and then you sign a big deal somewhere else uh i i'd go down to like three and a half wins if watson doesn't go in there uh because then it's looking really really bleak and you're probably uh just sort of in real real trouble uh <laughs> if that scenario happens so uh those would be the three there let's move on to the next team uh our friend wasn't in love with this draft. I, I don't think anyone was in love with this uh, draft here. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to hammer it quite as much. Uh, but I basically every pick they took, I, I, I thought they reached, uh, you know, a little bit. It, it seemed like each guy could have been some guy you could have grabbed one round lower. Dallas Cowboys uh, took Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Uh, you know, he, he's a very large man who, in theory, could be a dominant offensive lineman, but there's a lot of work uh, that needs to be done there. Uh, you know, it's, you know, the outside linebacker, Sam Williams, with their second pick, I, I thought was a little bit of a reach. Maybe he gives them some edge rushing, uh, but, you know, I, I'm not in love with that. Uh, the wide receiver, uh, Tolbert, out of South Alabama, maybe a special team spy, but I thought there were better receivers on the board. I, I talked about Shakur out of Boise State. You know, uh, it just seemed like every pick they did, they reached for Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Probably the tight end was the only one I thought could be okay. But 
they have a lot of depth at tight end. They use their franchise tag on the tight end, for God's sake. So I don't even know what sort of use that is other than occasionally bringing him in as an extra blocker. So what did you make of uh, overall the Dallas Cowboys draft here? Listen, although I didn't necessarily love their draft and, and I did feel that they reach for certain players. I still think that the Cowboys address their issues on the old line. You know, they, as you mentioned, they drafted the big man out of Tulsa, Sam Williams. Uh, they added death to the wide receiver position, but they focused on defense. And realistically, they had a pretty explosive offense last season. Uh, so I, I know that Amari Cooper's not there anymore, but they feel that with the guys they've got there, uh, they, they can do enough. Um, but the defense was really what vastly improved last season compared to the previous season. And I think that adding the weapons that they did, um, you know, the drop off should be minimal, you know, at, at worst. I, I think that they can at least match what they did last season. Uh, and the worst case scenario, they'll be at just about the same level. So I, I can understand why they took that approach, even though some of those picks might leave you scratching your head. Yeah, I, I ended up giving them a C minus. But this could easily jump. It's just, this window is so weird for the Cowboys. Like, I think Tyler Smith could develop into a, a really good offensive line. But I don't think he's ready to start on the Dallas Cowboys offensive line consistently this year. It, it might be three years down the road when he develops into an elite offensive lineman. I don't think this Cowboys team is in a three-year, you know, wait-and-see window. Maybe they are. Maybe they are in a, a sort of secret rebuild here. That seems a little weird. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there are a couple other teams that might be, you know, we'll get to them in sort of semi-secret rebuilds here. So maybe the Cowboys are looking at this. Take a step back this year. Try to, you know, in, in two or three years when Tyler Smith maybe develops a little bit and some of the uh, dead weight on the cap clears out, and, and then they make another push for it. it. It just, a timeline I think they're on, and a timeline this draft uh, sort of class tells me, uh, sort of tells me two different things. So that that's why I gave them a, a sort of C-. minus. I don't even hate the Tyler Smith pick. I just think that's a offensive lineman three years down the road that you're looking at that could be a dominant force not an offensive lineman that you're looking at that you can plug in there right now well listen regardless i, I still as like i said as much as i some of these picks left me scratching my head i still think that overall they added uh you know to the to the things that they really needed uh, in terms of trying to at least improve the team for a win now situation. So uh, I'm going to be a little, a little nicer than you and I'm going to give them a B minus. All right. Uh, let's go to Cowboys win total. Uh, you, you know, you always have to sort of take this one with a little bit of a grain of salt because <laughs> everybody uh, wants to bet on the over on the uh, Cowboys win total. So it's always a little bit bloated, but uh, what do you think the Cowboys win total sits at here? Well, listen, a couple of reasons why this line, I'm assuming, would usually be bloated is, one, they play in the NFC East, and two, the NFC, as I mentioned several times throughout already, uh, is they've, it's, NFC's gotten a little bit weaker, so I think all those things come into play. But I think that a solid number here for this Cowboys team, based off what they drafted, based off what they lost during the uh, uh, free agency period, uh, I would say that 
Nine and a half is a pretty solid number here. Well, you're going to like this because it's at 10 and a half. Dallas Cowboys, 10 and a half. So uh, they're going to soak in the Cowboys money and uh, probably collect a, a, a lot of tickets as the Cowboys win uh, nine or 10 games on the year. So uh, interesting uh, number overall there. All right, let's move on to our next team here. Uh, the Detroit Lions uh, took Aiden Hutchinson uh, with the number two pick. I, I think. Really, uh, really nice that he fell there. Uh, we'll get into, uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars and, you know, taking the Georgia kid number one overall. Uh, you know, bit the bullet, knew they aren't going to be contenders this year. Got James on Williams, who's probably going to miss the year. Uh, but uh, I think that's a good window. Probably got the best receiver overall in this draft. I like Pascal, uh, the defensive end out of uh, Kentucky. I think he could be a, a player and then, uh, sort of looking a little bit lower there. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, James Houston, the uh, outside linebacker out of Jackson State, uh, had some really, really uh, sort of uh, nice uh, numbers, uh, explosive-wise. So if they could develop him into maybe a, a nice pass rusher, maybe they get a six-round steal who could be in that defensive line rotation. Uh, so overall, I, I thought... Detroit had a pretty good draft here, so uh, I ended up giving them a a, a for uh, overall, uh, especially since I, I thought Aiden Hutchinson falling to him, uh, pretty nice. Uh, yeah, I, I think he sort of fits that Detroit style out of Michigan. Really, really uh, thought the Detroit had a pretty good draft here. Yeah, listen, the other Lions, uh, who, they got who many thought was probably the top prospect in the uh, the draft, you know, Michigan edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson. And, you know, they were also able to add a, a big-time wide receiver, at least in terms of That's prospect right. scope. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but, you know, you think they maybe got the top guy overall in the draft, and then everybody's number one receiver was probably James on Williams. Granted, he blew out his knee, so that's two top guys. If Williams had been healthy, that's probably another top seven pick you got there. So I, I, I really, really liked that. Yeah, listen, I really liked their picks. I thought, as you mentioned, that uh, they got really good value even at the positions that they were drafting at. Uh, but, you know, I think the question now falls on Jared Goff and, you know, what he's going to bring to the table. But it seems like they're really, at least for this season – trying to help them and give them the tools that he needs, uh, you know, to, to be competitive in this, uh, in this NFC uh, North. Uh, but overall I gave them uh, an A minus. I really like what they got. I thought they got really good value, even though they were picking high. Um, and I think that there's a little bit of hope now in Detroit. Yeah. A uh, win total for the uh, Detroit lions, what you uh, have them sitting at here. Uh, you know, based off last season's performance uh, and the fact that, you know, they do have to play against Green Bay a couple of times a year, uh, I went ahead and, uh, sorry, I was taking into account the drafts of the other teams. So I, I wasn't too too uh, insane about it, uh, but I was kind of mild-mannered. I gave them a five-and-a-half uh, over-under. Yeah, uh, they're at six-and-a-half uh, to start the year. Uh, seems a little high uh, for me, especially since James on Williams probably uh, won't play uh, this year. Uh, and it, it might benefit them once again to sort of see if they can add more talent into that uh, thing there, maybe uh, see if they can find their quarterback in next year's uh, draft. All right, let's move to the Denver Broncos. Not a ton of draft capital, no first-round pick here. Uh, Benito, outside linebacker out of Oklahoma. 
Nice tight end pick, I thought, uh, Dolrich out of UCLA, uh, but not a ton uh, of really uh, sort of uh, draft capital to go with. I gave him a B overall, uh, but uh, not a ton really to uh, make uh, your your names about here with the Denver Broncos draft. Their draft was uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, listen, the, I, and I still think that the Broncos quietly put together a pretty good draft, yeah. even with what they had. Uh, they replaced their tight end Noah Fant, whom they sent to Seattle, uh, with UCLA tight end Greg. And they added to their D-line with uh, Bonito. And uh, uh, and I think that these are things that necessarily weren't you know 100% needs, but I still think that it improves the team overall. But as you mentioned, this, this Broncos team, their draft day was basically Russell Wilson and uh, they've got him. So regardless of what they did this draft, I think that overall it still comes out as a positive thing. So I gave him an A minus for their draft. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Uh, Broncos win total. Uh, this is, I, I'm curious where you uh, sort of set this line. They, they've definitely improved their team, but uh, it, it, AFC overall is a dog and that division is going to be uh, uh, a hell house. And then I believe the AFC West plays the NFC West. Uh, now, granted, the NFC West is not as deep as it is, but, uh, you know, uh, it, that's that's going to be a, a lot of tough games overall. Where do you put the Broncos on the win total spectrum here? Listen, I take into account the fact that I think that division is going to be probably the best in football, as most people do, just based off the acquisitions during the offseason and during the draft. So I thought that giving them an eight and a half over under was pretty fair. Uh, and, and that's probably what I mean. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the, the over on that. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they fall just under on it. All right. Well, you need to go grab your tickets now. Broncos number Ten and a half on the over-under. Ten and a half. So they are thinking 11-win season here for the uh, Denver Broncos. That seems really, really high uh, for his competitive. With Russell Wilson, man. Uh, and listen, we had to face him uh, you know, a couple times each year, and the guy's magic, man. So I understand why the number's so high, but I agree with you. It's probably a little too high. 11 wins with that sort of competition. I mean, I I just think most of those AFC teams are going to be in that sort of 8, 9, 10 win category. I think it'd be it's really, really tough for any of those teams really to sort of go past uh, 10 wins, uh, especially if they're playing, you know, tough on the other side. Now, that being said, they could sweep through uh, the other side of the, uh, you know, uh, teams they play on the NFC side of things. So maybe uh, that's where they uh, sort of grab their wins. All right, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. I really, really love their draft. I know people are complaining that they didn't take a receiver in the first round, uh, but Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, I rated really, really high. I actually thought he was about the third or fourth best receiver in this draft. So to grab him, uh, you know, in that second round and to be patient, really, really big body, uh, can go over the middle, uh, can even sort of uh, stretch it out. He's got really good speed for a 6'4", 210-pound uh, sort of guy. Love uh, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Uh, and then I thought they took two of the actually productive uh, Georgia uh, defensive players, uh, unlike uh, a, a team down in Florida that took the one that was non-productive. Uh, Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt actually disrupted and caused havoc in the defense. So I thought those two picks really sort of uh, 
were really, really nice for Green Bay. Uh, uh, also, the Nevada receiver that they got in the fourth round, I think he has a chance to uh, hang on here. I, I don't think he's going to be an elite receiver, uh, but, you know, he could have a, a an Alan Lazard-type uh, career, so to add depth uh, there, really, really good uh, pick. And then uh, Jonathan Ford, defensive tackle out of Miami in the seventh round. Uh, he was pretty hot and cold, but I think... It, he has a chance uh, to really be a, a nice run stuffer and uh, uh, eat up blockers. So I thought that was a pretty good pick, too. I really like Dream Bay's draft. I know some people were hating on it, but I gave him an A overall. Well, listen, uh, uh, you're running into one of those people that wasn't too crazy about this draft. Uh, but I'm going to start off by saying, you know, Green Bay, they opted to look to improve that defense uh, and taking a uh, linebacker Walker and uh, defensive tackle uh, Wyatt, as you mentioned. But, you know, everybody really expected them to go after what uh, I mean, pretty much everyone assumed that their biggest need was wide receiver. And they they waited till their third pick to address that. So uh, I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens now. I have said before that certain quarterbacks in the league, like the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers, can make just about any wide receiver look like a serviceable wide receiver. Uh, but, you know... Listen, I think that they're going to be okay. It's the Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers. I think that they're going to find a way to win games regardless, but I don't like the draft. Uh, and, and I don't think that there's much swaying me here. So I gave him a C plus. Yeah. Uh, I think it was okay. Cause they got Christian Watson. Now that's, that's sort of dependent on what you think of Christian Watson. I think, he was in that same category as those guys up top. Uh, you know, we'll sort of see uh, if that works out. If he is, I, I think that moves it up. If he isn't, then, you know, they probably should have taken one of the guys. But I really liked Watson. He was about my third or fourth ranked receiver on my board. So I thought being able to get those two defensive guys and then wait until the second round really, really improved their draft. All right. I, I'm really curious on your number on this one because I think you'll be a little shocked. Uh, Green Bay Pack. Packers, what do you think that win total number is? Listen, I, I probably won't be shocked. This is Aaron Rodgers. And as I mentioned, the NFC has gotten a little bit weaker. Uh, and, and I think everyone's probably selling out here. So uh, I'm going to say 10 and a half. It is 11 and a half. Oh, gosh. Okay. Packers. So I, I am a little shocked then. Uh, that seems very, very high. Now, you know, you look at that division. Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota. Uh, it, it would not stun me if they didn't lose a game out of there. Uh, so that's six wins right there, and you're sort of halfway there. Uh, that just seems high, but, uh, you know, we'll see uh, how they come through that. All right. Uh, on to the next uh, team here, the Houston Texans. I... I just don't understand this team, really. Uh, Stingley, third pick, corner. Uh, I, I don't even think, I mean, I know he was not the best corner in this draft. Uh, his best football was played two years ago as a freshman in LSU. Two disappointing seasons in his sophomore and junior season. And then... You have all those defensive ends sitting there. Uh, you have all those offensive linemen sitting there. And then you have Sauce Gardner uh, at corner sitting there. And you reach for Stingley at three. I eh, eh, 
Now, granted, uh, you got Kenyon Green, the Texas A&M offensive guard. Not my favorite either. Uh, Michi in the second round, I thought was pretty solid. Uh, you know, Christian Harris, inside linebacker, Alabama, not that bad at three. But uh, I must say, little disappointed in what the Texans did here. I, again, we're on the opposite sides of the spectrum here. You know, although I didn't love what they did, I like what they what the Texans did here. You know, with the draft capital they were able to accumulate, they literally used their first eight picks to draft different positions. Literally, eight, eight different positions. Uh, you know, I think the Stingley will be a solid defensive back. I know that uh, there's a lot of people that had uh, Sauce as a, a better prospect than him, but maybe this is something that they, you know, thought would fit better in their system right now. Uh, and I think that Green is also going to be an improvement on that offensive line. So, um, listen, this team just had so many holes to fill. Uh, so it's really hard for me to find fault with the way they approach this draft. I know that they didn't get necessarily what most people had as the top prospect at each position, but I think that they got the guys that they felt improved their team and their philosophy going forward. So I can't really fault them for that. They had so many needs. Uh, so I gave them a solid B plus. I, I, I think if I eliminate the Stingley pick, I I'd probably upgrade their draft, you know, a little bit, but it just concerns me. Stingley <laughs> was a big-time corner in 2019 as a freshman. If he had come out, he would have been the first corner off the board. You go into that 2020 season, and he was getting picked on, and, and he did not look the same. And then the same thing happened in 2021, and then he, you know, uh, packed up shop and, you know, sat on his, uh, set out the rest of the season. It... That just concerns me. Now, everybody has liked him since he was a freshman, and if it was just sort of, I don't want to play college football, I want to play pro football sort of thing, and he comes back and sort of gets back to what he was uh, as people graded him in 2019, probably a good pick. It just concerns me that for two years, he was not that corner, and you had a... If you wanted to go corner, Sauce Gardner was sitting right there. Oh, basically, his whole career never sort of had a dip, never allowed a touchdown pass. Why not just take Sauce there if you want a corner? Just seemed confusing to me. So I probably downgraded him a little too much because I, I didn't hate the rest of the draft. It just seemed stingly a little reach to be the first corner off the board unless you were going off 2019. But two years of poor college play confuses me why you then grab the guy when there was a better one sitting right there. Listen, I completely understand where you come from. I just think that certain, you know, certain times when you have so many different needs, you have to take into account also the different personalities you're going to be bringing in because you need such an overhaul of your entire roster. So uh, I think all these things kind of played into it a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm with you there. If I had my choice, I'd probably have sauce on my team as well. All right. Uh, Houston Texans win total. Uh, I'm curious where you put this number. Uh, you can't go zero. So uh, <laughs> I, I didn't go zero. I didn't go zero. <laughs> where are you? But listen, the Houston Texans. Listen, uh, I I might be a little generous here, but I, I listen. This thing needs so much help, and they were able to draft a lot of guys. But uh, a lot of these guys aren't necessarily NFL ready yet, so there still has to be a learning curve here. So because of all that, 
I'm going to give them a four and a half uh, win total. All right. You and Vegas are sitting at the uh, exact same table. Four and a half is the exact number here. Uh, they have we the must lowest, know something. They have the uh, lowest win total of everyone in the NFL to start the season. All right. Indianapolis Colts had a second round pick, uh, a couple thirds. Uh, added some okay depth. Uh, Jelani Woods, uh, the third round receiver, is interesting. He's sort of a... Uh, uh, big body uh, combination wide receiver tight end. So I think that could be good. We'll see how he translates into the NFL. Uh, but uh, their draft was uh, torpedoed by uh, making a trade for Carson Wentz a year before. Uh, what'd you overall give uh, the Indianapolis Colts here? Listen, I know the Colts the want to win. They want to win now. You know, by the way they approach this draft, uh, they took two me off as a weapon for Matt Ryan uh, with their first two picks, and they got a little bit of help on the front lines to protect their quarter, their new quarterback. So uh, I, I really like the way they approached it because they know that they have a window, especially with uh, Matt Ryan as their starting quarterback. Uh, and, and the way that this division is starting to kind of pan out, it seems like this is their window to try and make a move on it. So I like the, the approach they did. Uh, so I gave him a solid B. Yeah, I, I just gave him a C because they didn't have much and they shouldn't be punished for trading a first-round pick for Carson Wentz and uh, then getting rid of him uh, a year later. So uh, I can see why you downgraded them. <laughs> all right, uh, Colts win total here. I, I'm interested where you put this because I think this is sort of the AFC line here. This sort of separates... Uh, I, I think the Colts are sort of the separator between contender and uh, pretender here. So where are you putting the Colts? Yeah, and listen, as you mentioned, this seems to be the team that's going to basically set the bar as to who is going to be playoff caliber and who's not. Uh, so because of that, I set their win total at what I thought is going to be the bar to beat uh, for those playoff teams with such a competitive conference. Uh, and I set it at eight and a half. Yeah, it's nine and a half. So uh, oh, wow. the okay. AFC, really, I, I mean... I don't think it's possible to, for every team to win nine games. Maybe it Listen, is. Listen, I, I think that what's going on here is they're looking at the amount of talent that each team is acquiring from the AFC and uh, adding that to the total, but they're not taking into account that every other team is adding talent. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're at Jacksonville. Um, honestly, I don't know what this team is doing. Uh Taking Travion Walker, uh, who, based against probably any of the other top five uh, speed rushers, had nowhere near the college football seasons. You taking someone based on their fancy combine numbers and what they look like in spandex, it, it just seems confusing to me. Uh, I, I don't know why Thibodeau isn't taken here. I don't know why Hutchinson isn't taken here. I, I don't know why some of the other guys uh, that came later aren't taken here. There were 400 billion Georgia defensive players, and of the ones that went in the first round, this was the least productive of all of them. Essentially, he was playing defensive tackle, and those defensive tackles who also got drafted out of Georgia took his spot, so they moved him to the end. And then you take Devin Lloyd, inside linebacker out of Utah. We talked about it on our draft show, about drafting linebackers in the first round. I thought that was a reach. I, I don't know uh, what this team is doing. 
no real offensive line help for uh, Trevor Lawrence. No wide receiver help really for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I I honestly gave them a D minus. I just this team <laughs> disgusts me pretty much, and somehow the probably second or third greatest quarterback prospect who ever entered the draft is just in a situation of purgatory hell until that contract runs out and he can find himself a different organization here. Uh, Cause this draft just made me go. Eh. Listen, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll kick it off here. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, all right? I think that a lot of people were a little surprised by that pick because, uh, you know, you start to ask yourself, if this was your number one target, if this is the guy that you fell in love with that you had to have, why take him at number one? Because you can, you can trade down a little bit, you know, take a few spots down, gain a little extra draft capital, and still get your guy or a guy that's at least equivalent uh, to the talent level. Uh, you know, and I'm going to try to be nice here, not be disrespectful, but... I didn't understand it either. I really didn't. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, then they go after Lloyd, uh, which, listen, I understand that he looks good on, on film, but, you know, I don't know. I, I really had a hard time. Uh, well, I think we've gone over about 10 different teams who took linebackers who are probably of equal, you know, talent level. Uh, in the second and early third round. So why take this one? in the first round when you had two first-round picks. How about a receiver here to help, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence? How about an offensive lineman so the man isn't killed? Uh, it, I just, I don't understand what they're doing. I mean, they did add, uh, what was his name, Fortner, the, yes. the center. So, I mean, they, they they tried to address it, but to me it's a little too late in, the, in you know, as far as the talent you were able to get prior to, to drafting some of these other guys. I feel like you made such a huge investment on your quarterback uh, to not really focus on either A, giving him weapons, or B, protecting him. Uh, I think that this is probably a little bit of a failure, even though some of these guys might turn out to be special players. Uh, obviously, that all still remains to be seen. It's unknown, but... Uh, I was trying to be nice here, so I gave them a C plus. Yeah, I just, I don't hate the Lloyd pick because I think he's a talented linebacker. But you saw how that sort of draft was unfolding. I don't think anybody was going to take Devin Lloyd. So, you know, you, I don't know if you could have waited till your third round pick. But if you like Devin Lloyd, you probably could have traded that pick and moved down. I just... It doesn't seem like you're helping Trevor Lawrence. We'll see if he is one of those guys who can overcome that. Uh, but in his very young years, it, it doesn't appear you are giving him much help to try to progress and get better here. All right, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars win total. Uh, I think you're going to be a little stunned at what this number is. Uh, what do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars win total is? I, it seems like I've been off by like either a point and a half or two points each time. I've got them at five and a half. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that most people hated this draft and said four and a half. Yeah, it's six and a half wins. Oh, gosh, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I, 
Granted, maybe the Urban Meyer leap into Doug Peterson, who's at least an NFL football coach, and progression from Trevor Lawrence, you know, you're getting Travis Etienne back. Maybe there's something there. Uh, but if the Jags win seven games, uh, I, I would be quite stunned in this AFC. If they were in the NFC, I, I think I could talk myself into it. But in this AFC with, you know, both the Titans and the Colts needing wins, they're going to highlight on their schedule Jacksonville Jaguar needs to be a win. So it it, it just... Not to mention the fact that even Houston played them tough last year. Yeah, that, that's... All right, uh, let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Trent McDuffie, uh, cornerback out of Washington, uh, really, really liked him. Uh, the defensive end, I, I thought, out of Purdue... Uh, that with the 30th pick was a really, really good, uh, you know, steal right there at the end of the first round. And, and then Sky Moore, uh, I, I really like his speed. And uh, I, I just think that's a nice little replacement there for Tyreek Hill. Is he going to be Tyreek Hill? No, but he can take the top off a of defense there. So I think that sort of helps. I, I really like uh, what the Chiefs did uh, overall, then adding some secondary help late in that draft. I just liked what the Chiefs did. I gave him an A overall. Uh, just you sort of... You compare the Jacksonville Jaguars organization to the Kansas City Chiefs organization right now. You see how one team sort of finds spots, doesn't reach for receiver. You know, they could easily try to grab one of those receivers at 21 or 30. They saw Sky Moore. They knew he was probably going to fall. They picked up other needs in defensive end and cornerback, and then they got their Sky Moore there in the second round. Loved what the Chiefs did. What do you think about the Chiefs draft here? Listen, here's another draft that I really liked. Uh, you know, I know they lost Tyreek in his speed, but the Chiefs still felt that they were a contender uh, and they focused on improving uh, their D early on. Uh, you know, they got Washington cornerback uh, Trent um, McDuffie. And, uh, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's, he's sound in coverage. Uh, he's going to provide an upgrade in that secondary. Uh, they got uh, Purdue edge rusher. Uh, and, and, you know, they were able to proceed to add death on both offense and defense uh, with picks of wide receivers, safeties, linebackers, offensive tackles, running backs i mean they had plenty of picks coming into this draft they were already a pretty dangerous uh, team uh, to begin with and i know the division is really tough uh, but uh, i feel like they probably got a, a good sense of improvement uh, their drop-off won't be huge even though they did lose probably uh, their biggest weapon in, in tyreek hill yeah uh, win total what do you think the kansas city chiefs win total is gonna hit on here Okay, well, this is a little bit on the higher end uh, based off the additions of everything that's happened in the AFC West. Uh, overall, I gave them an A for their draft, and I've got them as a 9.5 over under. Yeah, their number still sits at 10.5. I, I think that's probably a little based on Chiefs' previous seasons. And, uh, you know, they could probably exploit that number and add that one win there. So I don't know if I'm taking that or not. It's going to be really hard uh, AFC-wise to take a lot of over uh win totals here all right uh let's move on to the chargers uh zion johnson uh, out of boston college uh offensive guard with their first round pick then had a couple uh you know uh third fourth fifth round picks uh here what'd you make of the uh chargers draft here 
I love it when a team knows what what's probably their yeah. weakest link and they address it. You know, the Chargers helped their offensive line with Boston's college lineman Zion Johnson. Then they picked up safety uh, JT Woods from yeah. Baylor. Uh, and, you know, overall, they had a really good free agent spree here. Uh, for a team that was pretty good last season, uh, you know, they had some glaring holes but they seem to have addressed those holes through free agency and the draft. I really like what they did. I gave them an A minus. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that uh, Zion Johnson's good, solid pick uh, should be able to fit right into uh, that offensive line. Uh, Woods out of Baylor, I, I think in the third round was a little bit of a steal. And then I think getting Isaiah Spiller uh, out of Texas A&M. I, I really like this running back. Uh, I, I think that adds, uh, you know, uh, to their backfield uh, where, you know, Eckler's really, really good, but he gets banged up every now and then. This just adds another piece that's uh, sort of comp comparable uh, to, uh, you know, uh, Eckler. So I really like their draft. Thought they did a good job uh, overall. I, I gave them a B plus. Uh, where are you looking at the Chargers win total here? Uh, again, you know, I just did the last one for the Chiefs as a nine and a half, and I'm going a little bit towards more of the middle of the bar here for this Charger team, and I have them at an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Chargers, ten and a half as well. Oh, gosh, really? <laughs> yes. How how are they going to get all these wins facing each other? I don't know. Uh, apparently, no one in the NFC is going to beat an AFC team, I think, this year, uh, is what I'm looking at. Uh, I think, honestly, they're just too scared to put it too low, so they're just ballooning it and I, putting it too high. It makes sense. It, it really does make sense, though. All right. Uh, next up on the board is your Los Angeles Rams. Uh not a lot to uh, sort of go over here. Uh, Logan Burris, I, I think, can eventually work his way into that line out of Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I, I I don't even really know how to grade sort of drafts like this. It's a couple thirds, a lot of six and sevenths that we probably will never see or uh, hear from. Uh, Rush Yeast out of Kansas uh, State uh, safety. Uh, I, I liked what he did in college. I don't know if he can... You know, he, he's pretty small. I don't know if he can transition into sort of a, a, a hybrid uh, safety corner type guy. Maybe he can, but I liked him in college, so there's that. But uh, I, I I just gave sort of a C because that's average because I don't know what to do with this kind of draft. But what would you make of the Rams draft here? Listen, as much as I love the Logan pick, you know, he, he only gave up one sack in his college career, I believe. But the NFL is a different beast. And, uh, you know, the truth is the Rams are basically set to try and repeat here. Uh, and, you know, they didn't have a lot of draft capital. They didn't have a lot of money to play with either. So adding death is always good. But there's also no telling how many of these guys are going to remain on the roster in week one. So uh, I give them a C plus just based off, you know, uh, some of the picks that it seemed like they might have been able to hit on. But. Uh, again, this is a team that didn't really need much going forward anyways. Yeah. All right. What do you think the Rams win total is sitting at this year? Well, listen, I, I know that it's probably going to be a little bit higher than this, but I thought that a conservative number for a team coming off a Super Bowl, you know, sometimes they get those Super Bowl hangovers. Uh, I thought the nine and a half was a pretty reasonable number here. They are at ten and a half as well. So uh, I, I, I kind of thought so. Yeah, same class as uh, everyone else. All right, let's move to the Raiders. Uh, same sort of thing as the uh, Rams here. Not uh, a lot of stuff. They took a offensive lineman, uh, Parham, out of Memphis. With the third round pick, I, I, I like the Rams uh, offensive lineman better, but he might work his way 
into something uh white out of georgia uh at times can be uh, a nice little uh shifty type runner maybe he works his way into that backfield but uh overall once again same sort of thing as the rams i just gave them a c uh because their their draft was getting Devonte adams uh not uh this draft so uh that's where i i landed with the uh raiders overall anything on on the raiders draft that you uh want to highlight no listen just like you said las vegas it would have come with what it had you know they added death to the old line uh with uh that dylan uh Parham pick, uh, and the, they had a debt to D line, which is basically all important. But you mentioned it; Devonte Adams was their draft, and they're happy they got him. I gave him a C plus because they didn't have much to work with. Yeah, where are you going uh, futures wise with the uh, win total with the Raiders here? I was a little torn because you know they ended up actually sneaking into the playoffs last season, uh, and uh, I thought that they added uh, to this team, if anything, from last year. So I was a little torn. I was between seven and a half and eight, uh, but I think I'm going to settle on the seven and a half just because it sounds better. Yeah, uh, eight and a half for them. So, see, I, I think they just have pumped up every AFC win total team. You you think it's probably should be this number, but they aren't going to let you get away without a little bit of a hefty win tax here. Uh, next up, another team that didn't really have uh, much of a draft, the Miami Dolphins, uh, took inside linebacker Tyndale uh, out of Georgia. He probably uh, can uh, play first and second downs for them uh, coming up. Uh, but uh, overall, once again, just a C grade for me. Uh, their draft was uh, Tyreek Hill and a couple other guys in free agency here. Uh, so C for me with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, listen, I gave the Dolphins a C plus. You know, the Dolphins didn't have much to play with. Uh, they were still able to add some depth at linebacker and wide receiver, and they got their guy in Tyreek. So I gave him a C plus. All right, what do you think the Dolphins' uh, win total will be here? Listen, uh, this is another one that I was kind of torn between six and a half to seven, but I actually ended up settling a little bit higher than that. I think they'll be a little bit better this year, so I put them at seven and a half. They are at eight and a half wins for the oh, Miami gosh. Dolphins. I was off on that yeah. one. All right, uh, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I don't praise the Vikings very often, but... I I thought they had a pretty solid draft. Uh, I, I like the uh, safety out of Georgia that they took in the first round. Really, really thought they got a nice player in Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, out of Clemson with the uh, second round pick. Uh, Ty Chandler running back out of North Carolina. They sort of uh, cover themselves uh, here. I, I think that's a really, really good running back uh, there. I, I just thought they had a pretty solid draft uh, overall. We'll see how many of these guys end up uh, in their uh, overall team. Uh, Ed Ingram at LSU on offensive guard, I, I thought, uh, fell a little further than I thought he would. So I just thought uh, Minnesota had a pretty good draft here. Uh, so I gave him a, a B-plus overall for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Listen, we're pretty much on the same boat. I spoke about how the Vikes offense was a bit of a hit or miss last season, uh, but the defense was lackluster at best, and uh, it was pretty much all year long. So the Vikings addressed that by drafting five different defensive players uh, while also adding depth to the uh, to the offensive line. So overall, I think it was a good situation for them, and I gave them a B plus. Yeah, win total for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know, for a team that seems to have improved a little bit, if the offense can remain consistent, I think that a fair number is seven and a half. They are eight and a half. Now, I, I think this has a lot to do with uh, 
they're playing in a division with the uh, Bears and Lions. Uh, so, you know, I don't think their competition is all that tough. Uh, I, I do think that's a little high, but uh, we'll be interested. All right. Uh, we're at a fun one here. Uh, the New England Patriots, uh, they did do their fun trade back and... Uh, then they used it on Cole Strange, offensive guard out of uh, Chattanooga, uh, who pretty much everybody in the world had a third-round grade on. Uh, then took uh, Taquan Thornton out of Baylor, who I think was, honestly, uh, on my list, he was probably like the 25th weight receiver in this class. Uh I did think the Marcus Jones corner out of Houston was at least a pretty solid pick. I think he might be able to come into something. Uh, Pierre Strong Jr., South Dakota State running back, I think could at least be a, a solid, you know, New England type back who can catch passes and do a lot of things out of the backfield. Uh, but overall, uh, very interesting for uh, New England here. Uh has Bill Belichick uh, started to go senile and uh, not known what he's doing in the offseason here? Listen, this is going to shock you, okay, because I actually like the, I like Strange. I do think that they probably reached for him, but I do like the Strange back. I think he's pretty solid. Uh, and listen, they also added a little bit of depth to their secondary, which they needed a little bit of help in last season. But I think overall, I'm not as down on the pass draft as you are. I thought they did a pretty solid job, so I gave them a B. Oh. I, I gave them a D. I thought their draft was really, <laughs> really poor. I'm going to be really interested to sort of see uh, how many of these guys are on the roster in, uh, you know, three or four years uh, overall. Listen, they made the playoffs last year. They, you know, they, they weren't that far off. I know that they pretty much uh, laid a stinker on, in, during the playoffs, but they, they were in there, man. They, they were able to sneak in. All right. So the Patriots win total. Where do you think this thing sits? I think that they overall, this team improved uh, with some of the additions they got during the offseason and during this draft. So I'm going to go with the uh, bar for the AFC here and set them at eight and a half. They are at nine and a half. Uh, oh, I gosh. Think that's really, really high and uh, aggressive. That's, uh, that's giving Bill Belichick a lot of love. Now, granted, he deserves it, but whoo. If they can win 10 games in this AFC, uh, I, I, I'd be very stunned. Uh, Let's move to the Saints. Uh, two first-round picks. Uh, they took uh, Olave out of uh, Ohio State, the wide receiver. A lot of people's uh, number one receiver. He's not my favorite. I, I, I had him about four or five. I, he just he's explosive, yes, but uh, I, I just not my favorite one. Uh, Trevor Pinning out of Northern Iowa, offensive tackle. I liked him. Some people didn't like him all, all that much, but, uh, and then uh, Alante Taylor, quarterback out of Tennessee. So uh, what'd you make of the Saints draft here? Listen, to me, New Orleans uh, has been competitive over the last couple of seasons. And uh, the real question now is, can they do it with a different coach? Uh, because obviously we know the quarterback's been gone, but now their coach is gone. They're going to a whole new system. Uh, you know, the D has been solid. The issue has really been on offense. Uh, they've had inconsistencies at the wide receiver position with Thomas being in and out of the lineup, you know, kind of quarterbacks getting banged up and things like that. Uh, but I think they addressed it a little bit and, and – there with uh, that pick for the, their wide receiver, I think that this is more of a if Thomas is available and you can pair him with Thomas, 
and you got Camaro, you know, in the backfield, then I think it becomes a, a dangerous offensive uh, a team, at least on paper. Uh, and then they added death to the, to the uh, defense, which I thought was probably their strongest uh, asset last year. So uh, I think overall they did a pretty good uh, job. I, I gave them a B minus for their draft. Yeah, I, I thought it was about a C plus. Uh, now I, I will say if pinning develops, uh, then it, it sort of goes up. But this is a little bit like the uh, uh, pick from the Dallas Cowboys where I, I don't think Trevor Pinning's ready to go in there and start blocking on an NFL level right now. It might take, you know, a, a couple years, and then I think he comes up, uh, you know, and is a capable uh, offensive lineman. I, I mentioned I, I didn't love that wide receiver out of Ohio State, so that's why I downgraded him a, a little bit. Now, that being said, I, I think they are in a rebuild, so they have a little bit of time to sort of develop their offensive linemen here. Uh, so I gave them a C-plus overall. Uh, where do you think the Saints sit on the win total spectrum here? Because I, I agree with you with the new uh, quarterback, a uh, new head coach, so a new entirely new system. I think that they're not admitting to it, but they are in a bit of a rebuild here. So I'm going to give them a six and a half. I think that's a pretty fair uh, over under uh, for the Saints team. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move to the New York Giants. And uh, you aren't going to believe this, but I think the Giants front office was highly competent, and I think they had the best draft of pretty much any team in here. Uh, sat there with the fifth pick, took KV on Tribodeau, who I love, and then avoided the curse of wanting to grab a terrible quarterback. Evan Neal falls to him at seven. You get one of the top offensive linemen. You get my top defensive end in this draft, and then get a solid receiver in Wandell Robinson who can sort of do just about everything he's a little small but uh he's not Tyreek Hill but he's the same type of just receiver who can do all sorts of things shifty can get in the open field uh, you know is doozy the offensive guard out of North Carolina I thought in the third round really really nice uh pick up there Micah McFadden out of Indiana the inside linebacker I think can stay in this league and play uh good minutes uh here and then that DJ Davidson out of Arizona State uh he came in uh as a recruit as a big time recruit uh now granted he underachieved pretty much every year he was in the uh college football but I, I think there's a chance that uh that was just a bad situation there at Arizona State. So, honestly, I gave the New York Giants an A-plus. Loved this draft for them. Listen, I really like their draft, too. I actually gave them an A-minus. Uh, you know, I like that they basically drafted the best available for their own team needs. Uh, they didn't necessarily go by waiting to fill this position first and then this position second. They know they needed help, and they looked at their board. They had them listed by, you know, uh, what was most attractive for that team. Uh, as you mentioned, they got Neil. They got a couple of guys for the offensive line uh, in Neil and them. Uh, they got Tibbeth out. They got uh, uh, the, the, that wide receiver, Robinson. Uh, you know, they, they did really good, I thought. I thought they filled a lot of holes um you know probably not a lot of guys that are uh going to wow you necessarily right now but a lot of guys that have a really high roof and uh, a high ceiling so to speak and and can actually improve uh, and actually become superstars one day uh so i really like their draft i thought they improved a lot uh so i put him at an a minus yeah all right uh, new york giants win total where are you sitting with the new york giants uh, again, really like their draft, like what they did, like the acquisitions they had. Uh, I still think they've got some work to do going forward, but they're definitely on the right track. So I've got them at a six and a half, which I think is pretty optimistic. 
They are seven and a half. So uh, everybody is optimistic uh, with the New York Giants. All right. Next up, the New York Jets. And you know what? I think the apocalypse is upon us because, honestly, both New York teams, I think, killed it in his draft. I love what they did. They got Sauce Gardner, who I do think is a lockdown corner. Mix that with Garrett Wilson, who I think is the better of the Ohio State receivers. And then able to get Jeremiah, Jermaine Johnson with the uh, 26 in the first round pick at defensive end. Uh, Brycey Hall, Iowa State running back. I love him too. And then to get Max Mitchell, who I think will be an offensive tackle in this league for a very, very long time, out of uh, Lafayette, who I, I think really is a good tackle. If you watch uh, the, that Lafayette team play the last uh, handful of years, they just mugged people along that offensive line, and he was the lead guy for that. So, <sighs> Jets, A+. Plus. I can't believe they, I'm saying this. Giants, Jets, A+, plus on the draft. Loved what the Jets did in this draft. This is two drafts in a row. I, I think the Jets have really, really done well. Oh, most definitely. Listen, this is actually one of my favorite on-paper drafts. Uh, you know, uh, they got the top cornerback, at least in my opinion, is Sauce Gardner. Uh, you know, they got wide receiver Wilson and Johnson the second, uh, all in the first round. I mean, uh, to acquire that much talent, one round is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, and if all the pros are correct about some of these uh, prospects here, then the Jets are definitely on their up and up here. Uh, I gave them a solid A. Yeah. All right, uh, Jets win total. Where do you think the Jets are, are sitting at win total-wise? All right, listen, uh, I got to say, I, I'm a little bit tired of being slightly off on this Vegas line here. As you, I'm writing my, my win totals as we're going, by the way. Uh, and I think that six and a half is probably close to the Vegas line here because I, I was thinking five and a half, but I, I'm thinking everyone's so optimistic we're going to go six and a half here. Well, you should have stuck with your gut because you finally had hit one. It's five and ah! a half for the Jets. <laughs> they, oh. they didn't tax the Jets for you, so uh, that's where that one sits. All right, uh, we're on a hot streak of mine on uh, draft uh good drafts. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I thought, had a great draft Uh First two picks draft uh, 700 pounds of beef here in uh, Jordan Davis, a defensive tackle who, you know, he's not going to be able to play every down, but he can just eat, eat up those offensive linemen and create space uh, for those defensive ends to pass rush. And then Cameron Juergens out of Nebraska, I think, is a pretty solid center who they can fit. Uh, probably right in there, and then having N'Kobe Dean uh, sort of drop because of uh, shoulder issues into that third round, uh, just a, another A-plus for me for Philadelphia. I th think they got three uh, at least full-time starters here out of uh, a draft where they had five picks, so uh, I think that's a pretty good hit rate uh, for me for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, listen, to me, the Eagles decided to give Jalen Hurts a legit proven weapon at wide receiver by trading for Titans' yeah, A.J. I didn't Brown. Even bring up the part where they got uh, <laughs> A.J. Brown. Uh, now, granted, they're paying him a lot of money, but they uh, finally got a, a legit wide receiver, too. Yeah, listen, and they also got him some extra protection, you know, with uh, center uh, Juergens. Uh, you know, they improved their front seven. Uh, listen, I, I got to be honest with you. I like what Philly did. I know that they didn't have a lot of room to play with here, especially after that trade, but I, I really like what they did, and I gave them a solid B+. I think that uh, the Eagles could quietly become my dark horse of this upcoming season. Yeah. All right. Uh, so where did the Eagles sit for you on win total number? I, I'm curious where you're going here. 
I think I'm going with my first flat, even number here. Uh, uh, no more half points. I'm going to stick with eight wins here. I think that eight wins is, is, is good for this team. Well, you're, you're heating up here because the Eagles are eight and a half wins. So uh, Get close. Get close. That sits about right uh, overall. All right. Uh, next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a little interested here where you go with this because uh, – they didn't resist the urge uh, to take the quarterback. They took Kenny Pickett, and then they took George Pickens. Granted, he fell a little bit further than I thought, and honestly, I, I sort of have to go a little bit incomplete with this because, you know, if the Pickens things hit, it's good, but he never even played football really all that much at Georgia. He always got hurt. So if he's healthy, you probably got an A number one receiver. You know, if he continues to be banged up, you know, it's a wasted second-round pick. I didn't think any of these quarterbacks had a first-round grade. Granted, they went with it and went with the hometown guy, so maybe you get a little bit more of a leash there. Uh, Calvin Austin out of Memphis is interesting, really sort of a speed burner. Uh, you know, I, I'm just – I'm a B overall, uh, but it, it could easily be – really really bad if Pickett and Pickens uh, don't turn out to be anything basically you're at a zero on this draft yeah I took a little different approach here I actually gave them a B minus uh, and uh, felt that I could leave a little bit of room for improvement if the whole Pickett thing actually works out but the way I'm looking at things here I think that uh, uh, Pittsburgh is looking at it more as a quality over quantity type of draft here uh, you know they went uh, with the, what the Steelers do which is they, they replaced a quarterback who they can uh, at least, you know, kind of coach up in the time being. Uh, and then they focused on adding death to their, to their defense, their front seven, uh, which is a, definitely a Pittsburgh thing to do here. I do like their draft. I, I like some of the pieces they added overall, so I gave them a B minus. Yeah. All right. Uh, win total four, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I, I don't know if Pickens – Pickett goes right in there. I still think Trubisky probably starts the season as the quarterback, and they go from there. So uh, where are you going with the Steelers here? Listen, this sounds like such a weird thing to say. Uh, I I was thinking that Pittsburgh could probably be in the seven and a half range uh, prior to them drafting Pickett. I think that the draft of Pickett, uh, you know, takes a, adds a little more pressure to uh, Trubisky here uh, to be good right off the start. So I think I dropped them a little bit to six and a half. Should trust your instincts, seven and a half on the uh, Steelers win total here. All right, uh, next up is the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, honestly, uh, having Charles Cross fall to you at nine really beeped up this uh, draft overall. Uh, Boye Mafi out of Minnesota, outside linebacker, should uh, be able to uh, at least sort of uh, – uh, be able to rush the passer. So I thought they covered two really, really good needs here. Added some uh, nice pieces later in the draft. I thought Seattle had a pretty good draft overall. I gave them an A-. minus. Some of that was just because Charles Cross fell to them at nine, who I thought was the best of the three offensive linemen that were in the elite company here. So uh, what would you give Seattle? Listen, I actually gave Seattle a C plus, all right? And I'll tell you why. I don't mind the cross uh, pick so much. You know, O-line is always important to have. Uh, but, you know, the whole Walker pick uh, was a bit of a, of yeah, a reach for me. I for... say, I thought that's the one I, I'm staring at. But <sighs> he is the kind of runner that Pete Carroll likes. So that's sort of where I am with that. He's what Pete Carroll likes. 
See, but in my opinion, they already had a solid starter in Penny. I thought that he yeah. did a pretty good job. He played in 10 games last season. He only started six, played in 10 games, and he accumulated nearly 750 yards. Uh, I thought that he really complimented the way that offensive line protects and run blocks. And, and I thought that, you know, he kind of opened things up for guys like DK Metcalf uh, uh, towards the end of that season here. So I, I was a little confused by that pick. I thought they reached for him a little bit. Uh, and because of that, I gave him a C plus. Yeah. All right, uh, overall, your uh, win total on the Seattle Seahawks. I'm curious what you think the Seattle team is uh, because it's basically been uh, one of the dominant teams of the NFC uh, for the probably the past 10 to 15 years. Do they continue that run, or are you thinking they're in a rebuild? Listen, I really wish that they would because it's always been so fun watching the NFC West, the Rams going up against the Seahawks. Uh, it's always been really tough matches. But I, I really do believe, based off this draft, that this team is in a rebuild mode. I mean, the fact, again, they, I mentioned that they had to reach for a running back when I thought they had a pretty adequate one already to begin with. Uh, leads me to believe that they're drafting more for future than they are for now, uh, unless they make a big splash with a trade for a quarterback uh, like a Baker Mayfield or a, uh, you know, a uh, um, Jimmy G, then I think this definitely is a rebuild mode. Uh, so I'm going to sit here. I'm going to give a five and a half win total. Five and a half win total. They are at six and a half. So you, you were pretty much uh, in and around that area. All right, let's go to San Francisco. No first round pick for San Francisco. I'm hot and cold on this draft because I, I think some of the late picks I, I thought were pretty good. I like this Danny Gray pick, this SMU re wide receiver. I loved him. At SMU, he, he's really, really explosive getting down the field. I, I think he could take some of those uh, sort of uh, run routes that Debo Samuel does and hit those. He can't, you know, go in between the tackles and have his kind of power, but he has the same type of explosiveness. Uh, Samuel Womack out of Toledo, a cornerback, I think has a chance to stick around, uh, you know, a little bit. And then uh, Khalil Davis, a six-round pick, uh, defensive tackle out of Central Florida. I liked a lot of what uh, he did in college. I'll see if he can uh, sort of stick around and, and get in the rotation for the Seattle Seahawks a little bit down the road. Uh, but... I thought Tyron Davis Price, running back, third round pick. Granted, in the third round, you aren't hating too much, but I, I'm a little eh on that. Uh, but, you know, San Francisco could turn any running back. I'm going to say that, and then he's going to rush for 1,500 yards, and it's going to look like a genius pick. Uh, but, uh, and then Drake Jackson, outside linebacker out of USC. I granted, once again, Linebacker, 29th pick in the second round. That's probably where you want to take him. But I just didn't like Drake Jackson all that much. So uh, what did you make of the San Francisco 49ers draft? Listen, I was really hoping to kind of talk to my brother, who's a big 49er fan, and kind of get his feel on his team's draft and where they currently stand right now to kind of, uh, you know, see where my notes stood compared to what he thought. But uh, listen, for a team that was literally one win away from making a Super Bowl appearance, they seem to be in a really strange place. You know, they have to move uh, Jimmy G. They ha have to give Lance his shot. Uh, otherwise, they failed years ago when they made the trade for Lance. Uh, you know, Debo wants out, but they hold all the power. Uh, but, you know, why they drafted skilled players, you know, pretty early on in this draft was a little confusing to me. Uh, I'm wondering that they possibly tip their cap as to what they're going to do. I, I don't know. I I'm very torn where this team stands, but I will say this. 
this is definitely a team that you don't want to sleep on. Yeah. All right. So uh, San Francisco win total. Uh, they don't really have one up because of uh, nobody knows who their quarterback's going to be currently speaking. So uh, if Jimmy G's there, what do you think the win total is? And uh, if Trey Lance is there, what do you think the win total is? Listen, I've said it before. I've said it over the last few seasons. I think that Jimmy G gives them the best chance to win because he seems to fit the type of system they run. Uh, and we haven't seen enough out of land. So with Jimmy G uh, under under center, I give them an eight and a half win total. Uh, I think that's fair, especially, you know, considering the fact that the Rams seem to be poised to try and make another run. Uh, the Cardinals are at least trying to improve. Seattle, I, I don't know. Uh, and without Jimmy G with Trey Lance under center, I give them a seven and a half just because we don't know what we're going to get from him yet. So uh, I think seven and a half, eight and a half, pretty fair. Yeah, I, I'm, I honestly, I don't think it matters which is behind center. I, I think they're probably around a nine and a half, ten and a half win total just because I think the NFC's so bad. I, I mean, you, you can't tell me that Green Bay is leaps and bounds above where San Francisco is. And, and they beat them last season yeah, in the postseason. And then you watched it in the postseason and they were able to dominate them in Lambeau. So, uh, you know, I, I think you have Rams, Bucks, and then you could tell me. Basically, about eight different teams could be that third spot. I think they're one of those teams that could be in that third spot. So, honestly, I, I don't differentiate too much between Trey Lance and uh, Jimmy G. I, I think they think, rightly or wrongly, they're arrogant enough to think their system is what wins some games. Uh, you know, that worked for uh, Mike Shanahan for a long time until it stopped working. We'll see if the same thing sort of repeats itself with the uh, Kyle Shanahan here. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, had a couple second round picks. Logan Hall, uh, defensive end out of Houston, has a chance to uh, at least fill in uh, and be able to get a handful of sacks. I don't know if he'll ever be a full-time starter, uh, but overall sort of a, a blah draft for Tampa Bay. Uh, but that's not really uh, what they are gunning for uh, this season. So what'd you make of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft? Uh, listen, though, even though the uh, I like Tampa's draft, I'm still not 100% sure that everything in Tampa is peachy. You know, Arians is the head coach. Brady retires. Arians is still the head coach. Brady retires. Arians gets promoted. Uh, you know, but anyway, the Bucks to me, addressed issues as far as who's going to pressure the quarterback. Uh, they took uh, Logan Hall. Uh, they added death to the offensive line with Luke from Central Michigan. Uh, you know, listen, this is another team that, like the Rams, is going to try and make a push. Brady's towards the end of his career. We saw him already retire once. So I, I think they're they're basically all in now. Let's try and get a win. Uh, they're a pretty solid team to begin with already. So uh, I gave them a B- minus just because they didn't have a lot of capital to work with. Uh, but I still think it's going to be a pretty solid team. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the win total is for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, I'm going to go a little aggressive here uh, just because it seems like all the numbers seem to be a little high. So I'm going to go aggressive. I'm going to go with 10 and a half here just because they're in the NFC. Yeah. Buccaneers are at 11 and a half. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, they are second tied with the Packers, Bucks, and Bills are at 11 and a half. Oof. All right. Next up, we're at the Tennessee Titans interesting here uh aj brown goes away uh are the titans in a rebuild 
here secretly and not telling anybody. Listen, we, we've had this conversation with uh, Dynamite. Uh, you know, he's a big, huge Tennessee fan. And uh, I, I keep telling everybody the same thing. I think that the Tennessee Titans are on pause rebuild mode. Uh, what that means is they're going to try this out this year and, and see if they can compete uh, because they've been the best team in that division for the last, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, so they're going to try and be competitive. And if it works out great, you know, they'll make a push. And if it doesn't work out, then I think they're going to blow it up next season. Uh, but listen, they sent A.J. Brown to Philly. They drafted that Arkansas wide receiver, Burks, uh, with their first pick. They added some secondary help with uh, the Auburn quarterback, uh, McCreary. Um and they added a little bit of help on the offensive line, which is something they definitely had to do. Uh, overall, I think they had a pretty solid draft. I give them a B minus, uh, but I think that they're literally one season away from possibly blowing this whole thing up. Yeah. This is an interesting sort of experiment here that I, I think will sort of determine uh, the wide receiver market in the future here. Basically, they had A.J. Brown. They didn't want to pay him. They said twenty-five million guaranteed right now, or twenty-five million a year guaranteed that the receivers are getting right now. So they traded him and basically drafted his exact clone in uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. So I think we're going to see here if this wide receiver market holds, where people are going to take veterans who are proven and pay them uh, a nice chunk of the salary cap. Or it's going to go the way of the running back where people just start grabbing all these wide receivers that are now entering the draft. I mean, honestly, Traylon Burks, if you put him and A.J. Brown next to each other, they'd be pretty much physical clones of each other. Same sort of style of, of pass catcher. Now, we'll see if this one just translate and it's a plug and play and they don't drop anything. But if he isn't as good... Uh, this Titans thing probably gets dark pretty quick here. Uh, you know, they drafted Malik Willis in the third round. I thought that was actually a pretty smart way to get Malik Willis. You got a couple years to see if he develops. If he develops into a, a really good quarterback, you're safe. If he doesn't, third round pick, no sweat off. And if none of this works... You're probably in a rebuild anyway. You jump Tannehill. Henry's starting to get old, so you can't milk that cow. And you just sort of blow things up and see where everything is. It's it's really sort of a, a thought experiment on the NFL here with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, just overall in receiver, overall on team building, and just to see where things are. Uh, I, I gave them a sort of B- minus on their draft overall. All right. Uh, I have at a B. Yeah. Win total overall for the Tennessee Titans. I'm curious what you think this number sits at. Okay, so I went ahead and I did two numbers for this one. I did one uh, with A.J. Brown on the team, and I did one without A.J. Brown. As you mentioned, both of those wide receivers, at least physically speaking, yes. uh, are pretty much on par with each other. So uh, I didn't drop them off too much. But uh, with A.J. Brown, I had them at what I thought was fair with how competitive the AFC will be, and that was at nine and a half. Uh, now, without A.J. Brown, with the younger guy, uh, you know, even though they seem pretty similar, we still don't know if it's going to translate. Uh, so I put having them at eight and a half, and I think that's pretty fair considering the uh, talent level in the uh, AFC. Yeah, uh, they're at nine and a half. So they that A.J. Brown didn't move off their number, same as the Colts. So I, I think that's sort of uh, where they are. All right. Uh, last but not least, the uh, Washington Commies on the board. Uh 
I, once again, I, I don't understand uh, this team's upper management. Uh, Dotson out of Penn State uh, with the 16th pick. Uh, there were a lot of receivers I, I thought were better than Dotson. Uh, I, I know some people like him, and maybe he fits right in there in the slot receiver. Granted, they have two wide receivers on their roster who are now in holdouts. I don't know if that affected their draft. Uh, once again, they go to the Alabama bandwagon. Basically, their whole team is Alabama players. They take Mathis, the defensive tackle, which I don't think is a bad pick, but they have three other defensive tackles from Alabama on their defensive line. Uh, Byron Robinson Jr. out of the backfield uh, with the third-round pick. Uh, that just didn't seem like a real need to take. Uh, you know, they take Sam Howell with the fifth pick at quarterback. Maybe he becomes something he shouldn't have left school. That's pretty clear now, but I don't think he becomes anything. I gave them uh, a, a D plus. I, I just, I didn't understand anything the Washington commies did here. I was a little nicer. I actually ended up giving them a C. Uh, and, you know, to me, this seems that in their first season, the commanders are trusting Wentz. Uh, they gave him another weapon to compliment McLaurin. And uh, in my opinion, they waited a bit too long to address their secondary issues, which was my biggest concern with that. Uh, I don't feel like they improved enough. They had a lot of needs that they that needed to fill, and I don't feel like they addressed them soon enough. Instead, they opted to try and uh, add some weapons for that offense, which, listen, when, when you're really banking on Wentz, I mean – if it fails, you you've got what was coming your way. Uh, you know, and, and I've been a an apologist for Wentz for a long time because I actually wanted Wentz on my team during his draft uh, season, but I gave him a C plus. I was a little nicer than you. Uh, I still don't really like what they did. I think they reached on a few of their picks. Yeah. All right. So uh, last one win total for the commies here. Uh, I, I'm very stunned at this number. Uh, but uh, where are you thinking the commies land here? Listen, I've definitely been stunned on some of these numbers for a few of these picks, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be one of them. But I'm a little down on the commanders coming into their inaugural season as the commanders. Uh, but I had them at five and a half, and I thought that was uh, pretty fair. If I told you their win total was seven and a half. Get out of town. <laughs> there is no way. There, Listen. I, I don't know. There's a couple of bets now that I'm pretty sure I'm going to lay as soon as we get to our little travel destination. Uh, but I think this is one of them. I think this is one of my locks here. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Eight wins for the commies with this roster. Uh, I, I'm not sold, even as bad as the NFC is. You Listen, can, I, I think the Giants got better. The, I think the, 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 the got Cowboys better, got a little bit better. Than, exactly. Same. So how uh, – Wow, okay. Just remind me that this is one of my locks when we get over there. I'm curious what AFC team they think the Washington Commies is beating, <laughs> other than maybe the Jags or Texans, who I don't know if they play. I, I was very stunned at the seven and a half year. All right, so that wraps things up for our draft recap grades and uh, early season win totals. Uh, we'll probably be off unless some big news uh, sort of happens in, until, uh, the, you know, the start of the preseason and we start getting into our uh, NFL preseason previews and uh, picks and stuff. Uh, so a couple months and then we're back at it uh, on the NFL action. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right, that's our show and we're out.